NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and they're now offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20, to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And finally, we're brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com. That's aceperhead.com. SGP. Welcome to NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee, and I am joined by Zach Swissbank Broner. We are here to recap the NBA Finals, and uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much the whole year. Um, first off, Zach, how's it going? It's going good. Um, was a tough way for the season to end for the Miami Heat. Thought they kind of, I mean, we'll get into it, but thought they kind of ran out of gas there, but Overall, yeah, good to see you. I'm I had a good weekend, and um, I'm looking forward to. You know, I think we're going to break down a lot of what went down in the bubble and try to wrap it up um, before we get into the off season here. Absolutely. So, just a quick overview of what we're doing today. We're going to do the NBA Finals final thoughts from Zach and I. We're going to do our NBA sharp off results. That was the futures bets that Zach and I put in before the bubble. Uh, see who won there. We have f- our favorite gambling moments from the bubble. Any takeaways from next season? And we're going to look at the 2021 championship odds and uh, do a little preview of our upcoming episodes for the off season. Just talk a little bit about that. Can you believe that this season technically started a year ago? It's so crazy, and it's like I'm not glad that it's over because obviously we love having the NBA, but. The 2020-2021 season had run its course and needed to end. Absolutely. I mean, it, it felt like it was going forever. When I started this podcast a year ago, I did not expect to still be doing in-season podcasts a year later. I mean, we did 93 podcasts over this year. That's a lot of podcasts for a first-year podcast, Yeah, that's right? awesome. And and that's, that's actually funny you bring that up because it's so crazy that we should be literally like two weeks out from the season starting – like finalizing our like preseason futures and previewing the first week of games for next season. Um, obviously, with the virus and everything, that that's not happening. But yeah, it's crazy to think of the alternative timeline in which things are normal. First off, let's get into the NBA Finals because we haven't podcast since before Game Five, which Friday's Game Five was. That was probably the most memorable game of the entire bubble, right? Yeah, that was. And I, 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 I'm, yeah, that was an absolutely incredible game, um, and an awesome, and just not even related to NBA, but this this weekend was like, oh my god, like so much sports, like it felt like we were really back to normal, like golf, football, baseball, basketball, um, tennis. So definitely, like that Friday night Heat game was a great, great way to go into that. But yeah, that game was just absolutely incredible, um, and. You know, I, I do think it was partially responsible for though for the heat kind of running out of gas in the game afterwards because the level of intensity and effort that was put forth, especially on defense by both teams in that in that game five, was absolutely incredible. You know, my boy Duncan Robinson got loose. Um he had a he had a huge game and you know, we'll we'll talk about him a little more individually, but really just yeah, that I thought that that was the game of the playoffs and like we were talking, we, we were a little bit down on the series earlier, but that game just was like, holy shit, you know, a reminder of what absolutely elite NBA playoff basketball can look like. I feel like I look at both Jimmy Butler and LeBron a little differently because while I knew LeBron was at that level where he could trade punches with the best of them, I didn't know that Jimmy Butler had that in him to that level to be able to go toe to toe with LeBron and not only run, keep up with him, but actually beat him. However, it clearly showed how 
exhausted Butler was in game six and LeBron was still at the same level, which is just amazing for a 35 year old who's played in the league since he was 19. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, 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 I I'll be remiss to say, I feel like we have been, we, we, we haven't given the Lakers their full respect yet on this podcast. We've, we were definitely like a, we were definitely leaning pro heat um, in our, in our discussion of this series. So I, you know, all the credit in the world, this Lakers team was absolutely ridiculous. And for them, for LeBron at age 35 and the kind of that team being an older veteran team, the fact that they were the ones who were able to outlast everyone in the bubble, they had, they were the most, everyone was talking about the Heat's conditioning, but look, the, the, the Lakers came out after that absolutely grueling game five and they laid the hammer down in game six said, we are not losing tonight, flying around on defense like ridiculously locked in, and while the Heat showed a lot of that throughout the playoffs, you know they 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 didn't get back to that level in that game, and that's no disrespect to them, but the fact that the Lakers were able to sort of really show the heart of a champion, I thought, by you know responding to the Heat, you know throwing another haymaker in Game Five in that series, I think a lot of people were were starting to lean towards okay, this might go seven now. I mean that line trickled down to five and a half. Um, for game six and I thought there was a lot of momentum for the heat and the Lakers absolutely shut the door so for LeBron at age 35 to lead that I mean like I I, I, yeah he's the best player in the league and um, you know he he's definitely re-earned that title going into next year absolutely I feel like as sports gamblers as NBA nerds we tend to overthink the underdogs we want to like that underdog team we want to like a team like the Heat who has who wasn't expected to get anywhere near this far and surprised us all with just their team basketball, their you know, great zone defense, Jimmy Butler's a bulldog. But what it comes down to is sometimes you just gotta look at this and be like, the favorite's a favorite for a reason. A D and LeBron are two of the best five players in the league. I want to talk a little bit about AD's numbers versus Giannis's numbers and who you would like to start a team with going forward if you had the choice. You know, I go back to going on the Sports Gambling Podcast and Kramer was just acting like I was a complete idiot for even talking through the Heat winning this. And he was kind of right. I mean, LeBron minus 130, LeBron minus 120 as the the finals MVP was the best bet probably you could have done before this series started. Yeah, yeah, no, that's totally... and. So do, do you, you want to talk about the Lakers first, then we'll talk about the Heat after? Like, the Lakers all along, um, I feel like everyone kind of wanted to pick against them at every step of the road. I do think there is some truth to, like, the, oh, nobody, everybody counted us out angle that they're trying to kind of play up, where, like, LeBron with that, you know, cheesy post-game speech about how he wants his respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, de- definitely it's good to bring up AD. I mean, that defensive performance in Game 6 – was absolutely ridiculous. Like it was almost hard to because he wasn't even blocking that many shots. But the Heat, their entire team, including Bam Adebayo, was generally afraid to shoot around the rim because of AD. I mean, he was just absolutely like the the one of the biggest shot deterrent performances I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I've seen Gobert do that every now and then, but AD giving you that combined with the offense, combined with everything. I mean. Like you said, I think Anthony Davis, um, you know, really cemented himself back in that top five, top three player conversation. I'll say it. I mean, there were there was a time I thought a couple of years ago after the Blazers swept uh, the the Pelicans swept the Blazers in the first round that everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, maybe AD is actually that guy. Um, and then it was quiet for a couple of years, but this performance was absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, LeBron and AD. I mean, that looks like. The fact that people were trying to argue Kawhi and Paul George is a better duo than LeBron and AD, and that that's still like a month and a half ago, and that that looks like a bad take. I mean, I I, I may I may have said that on this. Podcast. Not just people. I was I was making that argument. Oh. Not just people. I was you making can, that you argument can point too. Fingers I think at me. I'm not positive though. I felt like two long wings in today's game is just a better combination than LeBron AD, but I forgot. I guess that we just overlooked how great AD was all season as a two-way player. I think he might I don't I, I'm going to say it. I think he is the best two-way player in the league now. If you look at he and Giannis's numbers, 
he's as good a defender as Giannis, and he's a better on the offensive end than Giannis. Yeah, no, I I would take AD over Giannis as well. I mean, I never loved Giannis just because of the playoff woes that he has continued to be struck by. I mean, there's also the element of like, look, AD was amazing on offense too. And LeBron was great on defense in this series too. So I thought LeBron also reclaimed some of that two-way player legacy that he had sort of lost track of. Um, he, he, he just can't do it as often as AD can because of his Oh, age. of course, of course. Yeah, and I just wanted to say, I mean, but with AD, I mean, yeah, that, that, that defense is absolutely ridiculous. And him at the five, I mean, I think when the Lakers were so committed to playing big, they sort of had this stylistic opposition to like, what most people think is the best way to play now, which is something like what the Clippers were doing with big wings, d- different guys who can get their own shot late in the playoff game. Um, you sort of see the Celtics going down that route, the Raptors, the Clippers, um, and the Lakers kind of had this weird roster construction. But I think when they they finally embrace AD at the five, um, sort of in these finals and in, in the Western Conference finals, I mean, that unlocked them, and and AD is the best center in the league when he wants to be. I mean, you, we, there's a lot of talk about Bam and Jokic um, in these playoffs, and that was kind of ignoring a little bit that AD, because he's kind of a power forward. Um, but no, AD is the best big in the league. I mean, Jokic and Bam definitely, I thought, emerged in that conversation. I, I would put Jokic at two, but AD was absolutely ridiculous, and I think it does show, like, it's not real. I think after every finals... We want to, like, place a new, you know, judgment on, like, what's the best way to win. And after the Raptors last year, it was like, okay, go get your mercenary big wing who can get you buckets in isolation. And, like, having, you know, a couple of those guys is a way to win. And and the Lakers, like, I don't really feel like there is a takeaway from their style, almost, if that makes sense. I'm sort of having a tough t- – I mean, I think the takeaway is going to be, like, a- AD and LeBron, but – there's no real stylistic, um, like unique thing that that will like set the tone going into who everyone's trying to be next offseason. That, that makes sense. And we're gonna take a quick break for a word from our presenting sponsor. Hey, at my bookie, winning season means the NFL is in full swing, and it's your chance to win big. There is no sweeter feeling than watching your team. Storm back in the fourth quarter to win the game and put cash in your pocket. Whether you're a first-time player, a veteran to the game, taking the underdogs or siding with the faves, the fact is there will never be a better time to get in on the action. So go to mybookie.ag and use promo code SGP20 and you can grab a free $20 wager with your first deposit to bet on anything in the sportsbook. That's right. MyBookie is giving you the chance to make your first ever bet a winning one, and it's on the house. Nothing beats NFL action, and absolutely nothing beats free money. So go now and take advantage. Don't even think about it. Just head over to MyBookie.ag now and get your stake in the game. NBA futures for next season. MLB playoffs. There's so much going on. Golf. Plenty of golf bets you can make. It's winning season, baby, and that begins today exclusively at MyBookie.ag. I think the only real takeaway you can do is this is a true mercenary team there's not any real homegrown guys on this team except for Kuzma I guess he was drafted by the Lakers but I mean almost everybody else I feel like this is just going to cement the way the league is going to continue to go and you're not going to get a lot of guys that just stay with the team that drafted them outside of maybe the Nuggets because it definitely seems like Jokic and Murray are going to stay there but I don't know. I mean, this might show Giannis like, hey, I don't need to stay with the Bucks. I'm just going to go team up with a LeBron or somebody of that same ilk. Yeah, and I that I agree with that. I mean, I also think it shows like, look, the, Laker, the Lakers got their two stars. And then they, they were willing to sacrifice everything for – they sacrificed, you know, Lonzo, B.I., all those picks to get two stars in place. And they basically surrounded them with like veteran – guys who just want to chase a ring and then you compare that to kind of like what the bucks are doing the bucks have like pat Connaughton and like sterling brown and you know all these sort of like cute development projects like uh, uh, dante divincenzo like dante divincenzo the lakers just say okay fuck that we're just gonna get rajon rondo who you know maybe in the regular season he's not gonna be the same guy but down the stretch in the playoffs, I'd rather have that established mercenary than like try to test out my development experiments in the playoffs. Um, you know, yeah. 
Well, I mean, the Heat certainly have more development projects on their roster, and they showed how how you can do it right with adding a couple of veteran, you know, veteran mercenaries, if that's what we want to call it, by you know, Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic. Yeah, but but uh, but but he's been there a little longer, but in same kind of yeah. Deal. I mean, I, I I do agree with that, but you look at that Heat team. I mean, how much did getting Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala at the deadline. Remember, they traded Justice Winslow for those guys. That that kind of that's true elevated their team. Um, but yeah, I mean, w- what else with the Lakers? Definitely want to say shout out to Frank Vogel. I mean, I thought he like he really had a great playoffs. I know we said this a couple pods ago as well, but um, he I think he really deserves credit. Like 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 we, we we've been saying. I mean, this Lakers team didn't really have an identity outside of its stars, and he got them to embrace being a defensive, absolutely like defensive juggernaut. Um, that kind of became who they are down the stretch of these playoffs. Yeah, it's just been really interesting to watch him reinvent his career from his Pacers days. And then it seemed like he was might get bounced out of the league after the Magic totally flopped. You know, totally took a shit when he <laughs> when he moved there, but that wasn't totally his fault. I mean, it's just like they were trying to play a lot of younger players and and bottom out and that kind of fucked him over there but it's great to see a lot of people thought that he was going to be a lame duck coach because they hired Jason Kidd right after that to be his assistant coach and we've seen LeBron kill coaches before especially like old white coaches not to say he's old but I think he's probably at my age but he it's great to it was great to see him you're right embrace that defensive first identity and be able to handle LeBron and AD and their huge egos which you're going to get with any star yeah and and totally agree that he did a great job of handling them I mean look LeBron has not always gotten along this well with his co-stars I mean I think that that's like on AD I mean maybe maybe you go back to Dwayne Wade but the heat the heat had their trials and tribulations from a chemistry perspective I mean LeBron and AD were absolutely in sync the entire way through so Credit to Frank Vogel, credit to Jason Kidd, that coaching staff, for keeping that team dynamic really tight. And what I find so impressive, and I I keep harping on this, but the response to come back in Game 6 and absolutely demolish the Heat after like a very painful Game 5 loss where they went for the kill shot, they missed, they played LeBron and AD a shit ton of minutes, AD got hurt, and it was like, oh my god, like did we just like blow our chance to close this series? And... The fact that they were able to rally the troops and deliver that performance in Game Six, such a steady dominance, and just like uh, you know, just absolutely put the heat in their place and shut the door, I thought was a, a sign of a well-coached team. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, we should move forward because it's already been seventeen minutes in, and we're still just talking about the Lakers. Let's talk a little bit about Jimmy Butler. What did he? show you uh i i feel like this is the i think we've overlooked that because he the way he pushed his way out of the timberwolves out of minnesota with the timberwolves and then bounced on the 76ers i think people just thought he was maybe a diva and he was just going to jump around and people a lot of people were questioning if he really wanted to win since he was going to the miami heat where he would be the guy clearly this is the best team he's been on since those early bulls teams i think we forget that it was 2012 when Derrick Rose went down with that first brutal injury and Butler was a rookie and he really stepped up and was kind of a leader on those early Bulls teams after Derrick Rose went down. But now this is I feel like this is hands down the best team he's ever been on, right? Yeah, I think this this is I mean, I think you could make an argument with that Sixers team last year was obviously really good. Um more talent, absolutely more blue chip talent but not never played this well together as a team as the heat has played yeah they definitely definitely and definitely never consistently throughout an entire playoffs um look i i think i think jimmy obviously showed a lot in these playoffs i mean i, I wish it came a little bit earlier for him in his career he is into his 30s already which is a, a little bit like con- not concerning for the heat because i do think they will have some staying power as a contender but you know Jimmy Jimmy reached so deep into his bag in these playoffs, and I think he really showed that, you know, he he's one of those number one options in this league. Like on the Sixers and on the Bulls with D Rose, he was always miscast as the number two guy, and he really 
is perfect as that bulldog type role where he can be a passer. He can all, and then in the finals, he showed he can really be a scorer. Um, so I definitely think he elevated his stature in the league um, this year. I mean, I mean, I think it's funny to ask this question because he was two games away just now. But but do you think that Jimmy Butler can be the best player on a championship team? Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like if you had replaced this Heat team with that Raptors team last season, they could have beat the ailing Warriors as well. So, so you're saying putting putting Jimmy in in that? Like, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with that. Um, I I wouldn't say Jimmy's close. I feel to like Jimmy Butler might. I feel like Jimmy Butler might be in that Kawhi conversation now. Wow. Well, I, I was just I was just thinking we we, we should definitely do as one of our offseason pods a, a defin- like a definitive top 10 players in the NBA list like each make our own yeah that would be that we definitely should do that but yeah i mean i i think jimmy i think with Kawhi's i think with Kawhi's injury history jimmy had doesn't have the same injury history i you know i i would have to look very hard at who i would take to start a team yeah i mean definitely definitely jimmy's stock is at an all-time high and Kawhi's stock is at a like pretty strong low right now also like culturally like jimmy completely bought in and raised the level of that heat team whereas the clippers kind of like folded despite arguably having the most talent in the league so i I definitely Mm -hmm. see that side of the argument um but yeah i mean specifically these finals i mean jimmy butler yeah he he showed that he can get his own bucket and i think that was always the knock on jimmy given that he came up as kind of like a defense first player was like okay does he have the skill to really be a reliable scorer um, in the playoffs in terms of generating his own offense? And can you build a good offense around that player? And the answer is, is undeniably yes. Now, I mean, he showed that he not only is he the guy who can make the right play, pass, be a leader, get other guys involved, but he can also hunt mismatches and play that simple style of isolation basketball that we look for in our Kevin Durant's and our Kawhi Leonard's. Um, so he, he definitely showed a lot. Um, I, th- I think I understand that he's not he's always he's kind of been reluctant, but the next step for him as a player, I think he has to add the three pointer to his game more consistently. Like it's right now it's kinda like mm. a cute, like, oh, Jimmy doesn't shoot threes, but to get to that truly next elite level, I think he's gonna need to embrace that and sort of add that to what he does. Um, because if you truly want to be a top a top five player, I mean there's there really can't be a hole in your game that big. I agree. And I, I feel like AD showed it by stepping up and shooting 38% in this yeah, playoffs. Yeah. If you got a, if you got a big shooting 38% from three and also shooting 83% from the three throw line where somebody like Giannis can only shoot around 60% from the free throw line, that goes to show just how great AD is and how of a complete player he is. And I know we stopped talking about him, but that kind of circle back around with Jimmy's three pointer. And you're right, that's a huge hole in his game. I'd have to look. I, I think it's obviously recency bias that I'm saying I would take Jimmy over Kawhi right now, but um, it's something we'll have to talk about going forward. Um, okay, we should get into the sharp off results. Wait, can I, can, can I, can I ask you, you one, more, one more thing on the Heat? Yeah. Do you think they'll be back in the Eastern Conference Finals next year? I mean, I, I think. I think because their culture looks so good and every, and they were like so competitive and everything. People are very quick to say like, Oh, they'll be back. Like this is the first run of many. And I'm not saying that's not happening, but I do want to caution against like, just because they have a good culture doesn't mean their runs going to last. I honestly don't see them getting back to this level again next year. Um, like I would still take, I would probably still take the Celtics and the bucks and the nets over them uh, next year. I wouldn't say I would take the Nets over them because I want to see that. I like the Nets a lot. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun to talk about this offseason. I think they're gonna be all right. I mean, we're gonna look, we're gonna we're gonna look at the twenty twenty one championship odds a little yeah. later. But you're right. I mean, it's it's gonna be a toss up between those teams. I'm not saying I would take the Heat over the Celtics or over the Bucks, but I like them to compete to be in the the finals again. Yeah. I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if they were. I agree. It's, it's it's just one of those things that reminds you how fleeting. Like if you're the if you're Jimmy Butler, that was probably his best chance to get a title right there. That will that he'll ever have in his career. Like most likely, being two games away. I mean, it's it's weird to say because their stock is so high right now. But 
Like he's 31 and I don't know. I, I, I obviously, I mean, we've been gushing over the heat all, all, all year. I absolutely love that team, but same thing with the nuggets. I mean, the nuggets probably won't be back in the Western conference finals next year. So it's just, just a reminder of these things are fleeting, but you're right. We should, we should move on to the sharp off. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. So come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact in the game. Okay, if you're playing NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup okay each player prop is assigned in a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool i've been playing this new thrive fantasy and it's super fun you know why because it's new and there's a lot of people coming in but not all the guaranteed cash tournaments are filling up so you want to get in there because you have a good chance to win some money against fewer competition all right so thrive fantasy has given away over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly and has awarded $1.6 million in cash prizes. So use promo code SGP and sign up today and you will receive an instant match up to $50 with your first deposit. Download Thrive Fantasy on App Store or Play Store or by visiting the website thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today and don't forget promo code SGP. Zach and I, before the bubbles, we agreed to... We called it the sharp off, even though we both admit we're not sharps. It's just a catchy name. We both had 100 units to put on any futures bets that we wanted to before the season. You can you can check out all of our bets that we made on the site. I'll make sure to link it in this post. Bets for me that hit, I had... Bam Adebayo, playoff average rebounds over six, but I still think was a crazy number that they said it's so low. That cash, I had 30 units on that to win 21.42. I also had Luka Doncic, playoff average rebounds under nine. I put 15 units on that to win 12.5. And then I also had the Heat as a long shot winning the Eastern Conference Championship I had that at five units on that to win 50. So that was at 10 to one odds. So I turned 100 units into 133.92 units. Respect. That's awesome. You had the ones that cashed for you. You had the Lakers to win the NBA Finals. You had 25 units to win 43.75. You had, will LeBron test positive for COVID? You said no. <laughs> that was at minus, minus 240. So you put 20 units on that to win 8.34. You, had all, you also had BAM average rebounds over six, but you, just, you put 12 units on it to win 8.57. And then you also had, will Ben Simmons make a three-point shot in the playoffs? No. That one was a no contest because he played no finals ga- or no playoff games. So you got back that 13 units that you bet on it. So drum roll, please. You had 130.66. So I had about a little over three units better than you in the sharp. Okay. I mean, so I do, I do owe you a hundred cold, right? (laughs) Well, we, we said we would also include the, our daily picks record, which you also won. And I was a, I was a little bit better than you in that as well. So technically, yeah, we bet a hundred bucks. We could look uh, real quick at our winning percentage and just keep in mind, you know, if you're a newbie to sports gambling, a a good sports better, anything above fifty two point four percent and above, that's that means you're you're winning money, right? So if you're around like fifty four percent, fifty seven percent, that's some of like the best. They're some of the best gamblers in the world, right? I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about it, but I know, like, it's not realistic to expect to clear anything above, like, 60% long term. So you're going to be somewhere in that, like, 52 to 59 range. So uh, my overall record was 87, 76, and 6. Your overall was just one less, 86, 77, and 6. So I had a winning percentage of 53 and a half. And you had a winning percentage of 52.6. So everybody was making money with our picks. That's all. We, if we you should, were betting them we every should, day. We should really like clip this 
and like for those of you who are listening right now, that's objective profit on the futures. So if you're listening to the show beforehand, we both if you tailed either of us, you tailed both of us. I mean, you made a shitload of units. I both of us did. Um, and then picking every game every day, both of us um, were against the spread. We're above 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 five hundred, above above profit level. So um, definitely a great run. And I, I I know I definitely made some money in these playoffs. I I hope that you did too. Um, so definitely yep. just this was a really fun experiment, and I'm really glad it worked out. And I'm glad that we could profit for the listeners. And um, it was real. It was really fun betting every game every day. And I think. I can honestly say I got smarter thinking about games and thinking about basketball from doing this every day and talking with you every day. So um, it's definitely been a great ride and glad that we have the profits at the end to sort of cement that it was a good experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll just finish up with this. We also have our best bets with counted as two units when we wanted to do best bets. I had... Uh, I was 20, 11, and 1 on my best bets, which is a 64% winning percentage. You were 20, 13, and 1, so you had two more best bets. You went out on a limb two more times than I did, and uh, unfortunately, they were both losers, but you were 52, or I'm sorry, you were at 60.3 on your best bets. <laughs> so making money any way you went if you were trailing our bets. Yeah, and definitely, yeah, that, and it's also good to see, like, everything about this makes sense. Like, we, our locks in games where we had more conviction, we did better. And, and that I think is a good sign going forward for, you know, our ability to trust our own gut. You know, it makes sense. Like, it would be concerning if our locks were worse than our regular picks. Um, both of us did, like, pretty well on regular picks and then very well on locks, which is, you know, what you'd hope to see. So, um, great ride, you know, de- de- definitely a great ride. These playoffs. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm also glad that our sharp off, you know, cause uh, futures can be a real gam. I mean, obviously it's all gambling, but futures can be a real crapshoot. And especially in this, where we didn't know what to expect coming into the bubble. We didn't even know uh, we took a, you know, we're looking back on it now. We forget that, Nobody even knew if this was going to work. A lot of people were criticizing even going into the bubble. And, I mean, props to the NBA. It went so well that nobody's even debating whether they should have done it or not now. And uh, props to us, you know, because we didn't know a lot coming into what this basketball would be like without fans and blah, blah, blah. And it it worked out for us. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about that. Yeah, yeah. Props to the NBA for sure. They deserve a ton of credit for putting this together. Props to the players. And people forget, I mean, remember with the um, with the violence in Kenosha and the Bucks protesting, I mean, the season was legitimately hanging in the balance twice. Like, it, it hung in the balance again. And so yeah. credit to the players. And the bubble definitely became bigger than just basketball. A lot of great, you know, initiatives taking place. So... Shout out to the players, and, and oh, it's also funny in in hindsight. I mean, just to show you where we were going into the bubble. I mean, that LeBron James will not test positive for the virus. That was like we we didn't think that was a lock at the time. I, I was like a little nervous. I was like, I don't want to jinx anything, but like I'm guessing LeBron, like they'll they'll take care of him extra special. And in hindsight, I mean, that was the biggest lock of all time. Um, just because of how nobody tested positive the entire time. Yeah, how safe it was. Um, also, that Bam out of bio rebounds bet. I mean, I don't think anyone knew that Spo would bench Myers Leonard in the first game of the bubble coming back, which definitely helped out. But yeah, I mean, that was an absolute luck. <laughs> I feel like that was so. Getting into our like favorite gambling moments from the bubble, I have to say that I, I wrote that down as one of my favorite gambling moments because. I, I immediately, that was the first time I remember in a long time looking at a number and feeling like I saw a glitch in the matrix. You know, like I couldn't believe that they said at first they had it at like 5.5 and people were hammering it so much they moved it up to six. But I still felt like that was a ridiculously low number. If anybody who watched out of bio this year and saw he was averaging over 10 rebounds a game in the regular season, I don't know why that number was so low. I still, I don't know. 
maybe one day I'll get to meet like my bookies bookmaker, but I don't understand why that number was so low. That was my absolute lock. I would have put a hundred units. I if if I didn't want to just be fun with it, I would have put all hundred units on that. I guess. And you know, you wish you could go back and just put all the money in the world on that bet because of how obvious it was. Obviously. It's not smart. I don't recommend doing that ever. But um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll say my and my first favorite moment from the bubble was, and this is gonna surprise you, and I'm sure will put a smile on your face. But I thought the the bubble suns were. I I want to I want to give I them read, a shout out because I thought I think the bubble suns were what kind of set the tone that the bubble was gonna be fucking great, like. Yeah, they were on every day. It was like a Monday at one thirty. You're watching like a phenomenal NBA game with no fans, and like the Suns, who were like this joke of a franchise, are all of a sudden like the perfect modern team, just playing so great. So, I, I, I that that feels so long ago. First of all, a joke of a franchise is a little harsh. <laughs> Come on, joke of a franchise. Sorry, sorry. We're not the Atlanta. The we're not the Atlanta Hawks. You know that was that was early. That feels like so long ago. But that was when like we and that we we were starting to pod every day during that time, and it was just another day, another Suns win, and like that was when the bubble first started being just hilariously perfect. And they were they almost made it to the play-in game, and everybody everybody was saying it was absolutely impossible for them to to make it. I think the athletic was it the athletic. Uh, Somebody ran like a hundred simulations and I think the Suns got to the playoffs like once in a hundred simulations or something insane like that. So it was really fun to see them. I wrote that down as one of my favorite gambling moments as well because I did not forecast them being good in the bubble at all. So I can't take credit for that. But as soon as they started winning, I started hammering them every time they played and I won a good chunk of money early on in the playoffs or early on in the bubble because of them. And one final word from our friends at Ace Per Head, and we'll be right back. Have you ever thought of starting your own sportsbook but don't know how? Of course, there's plenty of sports going on right now. And don't you want to be the guy taking the bets rather than the guy making the bets? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sportsbook, okay? They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. That's right, six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Setting up the Western Conference eight-seed playoff race, which became insanely fun. And then, like, obviously I'll never forget Dame, but I'll never forget that CJ just tormenting John Morant in isolation in that in that, in that that game mm-hmm. between the Grizzlies and, and Blazers, where CJ was absolutely on one. Um, just hit hit back to back ridiculous step back. I'm gonna actually pull that YouTube video up after this podcast. Um, yeah. So so shout out to the Suns, Blazers, Grizzlies, um, even the Spurs, the Bubble Spurs. I remember before we, before the bubble even started, I picked the Spurs plus two and a half against the Kings. You were talking shit. <laughs> um, yeah. I I I believed in the Kings. That that goes how crazy this bubble has been is that I believed in the Kings way more than I believed in the Spurs. Even Popovich came out before the bubble and said, "We're just focused on development right now rather than trying to make the playoffs." So, I felt like, you know, you never hear Popovich say something like that. So, the fact that they were so good in the bubble goes to show his brilliance as a coach but also how good they are developing talent yeah 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 definitely um what what, what's your uh, next favorite another one that i wrote down was when i predicted the heat beating the bucks yeah in the in that series and you looked at me i remember you looking at me like i was crazy i think that the heat were plus 500 to win that series or something like that yeah and Whew, that bet felt really good winning. And and I felt like I knew I was going to win it like two games in, too, because the Heat were being so dominant against them. Yeah, it was. Di- and, and that, yeah, that that's that series, honestly, I thought was like part of the peak of the bubble. That was a, a grit. That was like, holy fuck, like the Heat are absolutely dominating the Bucks and basically embarrassing them on that on, you know. Um, but yeah, that that was an I- unbelievable pick by you. Very, very fun to watch that come together. And we forget that the Heat were a five seed. Yeah, we forget that the and Heat were so five. I, yeah, and so they were the first five seed to make the f- finals. And 
however crazy long amount of time. Yeah, and how about and how about that 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 brings up how about the Bucks losing was it game two to the Magic and everyone being like, "What's up with the Bucks?" <laughs> and then the Bucks just come out and blow a series to the Heat. That's right. That's right. That was insane. I I felt like that was our first hint that there was something wrong with the Bucks because. When they came into the bubble, they were slow to start, but so were the Lakers. Remember how slow the Lakers' offense yeah. was, and we were like, "What's wrong with the Lakers?" So, and but neither team needed to win many games as they came into. They, they both needed to win one game, I think, or two games to cement their one seed status. So, I understood coming into the bubble not starting off like a ball of fire, but when they lost the game to when they lost the game to the lowly Magic, I I knew that there was definitely some problems there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring up a couple more briefly. Um, obviously the the Nuggets Jazz series took the Tory Craig layup and the Mike Conley missed three in in Game Seven down the end of that game. That absolutely ridiculous game um, where we talked about so many times where those franchises could be in completely different places right now if that Mike Conley in and out um, goes yeah. in. Uh, obviously, just the Nuggets run in general. Um, Lou Dort. That was really fun. Lou Dort yeah. becoming the Harden stopper. <laughs> yeah, I. That was real fun for me as a guy from Arizona and who went to Arizona State. As an Arizona State alumni, I'm not used to seeing. I, you maybe get one guy in the playoffs, you know, one player to like root for for my alumni, and that and that's usually just James Harden. So the fact that Lou Dort versus James Harden, two Sun Devils. Lou Dort was just a great story as an undrafted free agent to get to that level in the playoffs for this Thunder team that was just really fun that none of us expected to see before. A year ago, everybody was predicting that the Thunder would be horrible. And here we are, and they're in the playoffs, and they they gave the Rockets a a serious run, and Lou Dort, you know, totally went all out against Harden, and that was great. Yeah, that that whole series, and then then the Rockets – you know, basically dominating the Lakers in game one. Um, definitely, those are all good moments. The bam block on Tatum, like, oh, that, that was, was just I forgot one of the filthiest that. plays I can remember ever seeing, honestly. All uh, like that, and that, that, that block was like a absolutely stunning moment. Um, and was just like the bubble was full of those. The bubble, the bubble was absolutely incredible now that we are rehashing so much of what happened. I feel, yeah, I feel like bam, that was you know, Bam's ascension into superstar status where I think you can like legit talk about Butler Bam as an elite duo now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely think you can. Um, uh, uh, the one I, the last one I wrote down was that Luka Doncic under nine assists averaging for the playoffs. I think a lot of people, because Luka was so amazing this year, wanted to immediately bet the over. I feel like the sports books were kind of daring people to bet the over there just because he had been so good. But if you looked at his numbers, his rookie season, he averaged six assists a game. And in the regular season this year, he averaged 8.8 assists per game. But I went back and I looked at his Real Madrid numbers from regular season to when they got into the European championships. And his assists always went down because he started shooting more, taking on more of the scurrying burden once they got, which made sense to me. So that's why I picked under nine and it, it cashed. I felt, so I felt real smart about that, being able to go and look at some European championship numbers and, and assess there. That's the, yeah, that, 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 that's good research. Um, yeah, and my I I had two like more gambling focused ones. I mean, definitely, and this is something I thought we did a really fun job of in the Slack. Like, isolate your angle as much as possible. Like, I think this during these playoffs, we really were betting a lot of team totals, first quarters, first half stuff like that. Um, so, like, if you're if you think that the reason why the Heat are going to win this game, for instance, because their offense is going to pop off, then like. Take the team total instead of the spread. Like I feel like um, we did a really good job. And shout out to Munaf. He had was really helpful all all season with like isolating. Okay, like the Lakers are good, but they're really good in the first quarter. Um, and mm-hmm. we had that same thing with the Celtics in the first half. Like the Celtics are a great team, but they are more of a first half team, and they tail off in the second half. So take them in the first half. So like really just taking that second step of thinking through. Like okay, this is what I think about this game. Now what bet? of this big op- menu of options available to me, what's the best way to get at that um, and, and, and try to make money off that. The, the other, the other thing I was saying, thinking also is like, 
I definitely think the experience of having a playoff series where you have the same matchup every day was very like it was a very interesting way of having to bet the games because it was very hard to rationalize changing sides. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're the Nuggets, it's Nuggets Lakers for five games in a row. Like, well, you liked the Nuggets yesterday, like just because they lost one game, are you really going to change your opinion? So I think that will be helpful for next year because it doesn't change. The location didn't change. And the location didn't change, Usually, too. that's yeah. the thing. That's, that, that, that's the thing. And usually in playoff series where you're betting the same team regularly, but, you know, they, they change from home team. They're traveling. you got to take all that into consideration. This was the first time ever that we got to just neutral site every time. Yeah. And, and you're right. It was hard to change your, your bet just based on – unless there was a big injury. Or yeah, something. exactly. And, that, and that, 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 of course – in the playoffs, you normally have that, but with the neutral site, you're literally looking at the exact same scenario multiple times over and over again. So I think that will be helpful. I mean, next year when we go into the regular season, I think the the, the lesson is if you like a team, um, you know, like if, if if you like a team and the numbers they're getting, just continue to ride them. I think for as long as as the bookmaker is giving you like perceived value on that team, like you know, I think. Picking every game every day, it's kind of you. Sometimes you can get all over the place with like, oh, I picked this team last night. Now I'm fading them. Now I'm picking them. Now I'm fading them. Um, mm-hmm. So like developing what you think of a team and then you know letting that play out for at least a couple weeks at a time. Right, and and I'll say I also really enjoyed that Lakers first quarter bet every time in this final series yeah. because it was fun to be in the Slack and we knew all of our guys in the Slack were betting. Uh, Lakers first quarter and it was a fun start to every game that we all got to celebrate that bet cashing uh, so shout out to Munaf for pointing that out before the finals and, and then we all pretty much wrote it all the way through. And yeah shout out to the Slack and the listeners for making the bubble very special as well Absolutely Okay before we get into the 2021 championship odds and then we're also going to talk about upcoming episodes preview for off season is there anything else you wanted to say about this year because we are going to be looking forward after that no uh crazy but great year and congrats to the lakers for hosting the title absolutely okay speaking of the lakers they are the favorite to win the 2021 nba championship they're at plus 400 we've got the clippers at plus 450 we've got the bucks at plus 800 the warriors at plus 900 celtics 12 to 1 nets 12 to 1 heat 14 to 1 raptors 16 to 1 nuggets 20 to 1 rockets 22 to 1 Sixers 25 to 1, Mavericks 25 to 1, Trailblazers 40 to 1, Pelicans 50 to 1, and it gets kind of crazy after that. Jazz 50 to 1, Suns 60 to 1. Did you look at the odds before this, and and did I read any that entice you? I did look at them beforehand. I I don't know if there's like particular numbers that I, I really like yet, although I think from a starting point, the teams that I really like going into next year are, of course, the Lakers and Clippers again. But but from there, I'm going to go with Warriors, Nets, and Mavericks as as my my three favorite teams outside outside of Clippers and Lakers. I guess I'll start there. I really like. You're right. I really like that Mavericks twenty five to one with a guy like Luca who could be the MVP next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. I, I, obviously, everyone wants to hesitate, and me, me included, you want to hesitate to like anoint a guy like Luca because you don't want to seem like you're being too hot takey. But look, I'm just gonna say, I mean, he looked like a top five. He looked like a top five, verging on like top top three player in the NBA in these playoffs. And I have, I, I agree. I think he's gonna be that guy going into next year. Um, so I think the Mavs are right up there, and and hopefully Porzingis gets healthy. I mean, he had this meniscus procedure. Um, I think like two days ago, um, but he's apparently going to be ready for next year. Whenever that may, whenever that may start. Um, but yeah, this Mavericks team—they're going to get Dwight ha- D- Dwight Powell back healthy. They're going to get Jalen Brunson back healthy. Um, they're missing both those guys in the playoffs this year. Um, oh, look, they—they—they they, they gave the Clippers a, an honest run, and that was without a healthy Porzingis. So definitely twenty-five to one Mavericks. I think is is a bet for sure. I'm I'm curious that you didn't 
point out the Nuggets at twenty to one if you're putting out the Mavericks at twenty five to one. Look, I mean, I'm I obviously love the Nuggets, but I'm just not that high on the idea of like I I feel like they're in the mix in the West. I would put Dallas and Denver like right together in the same in the same sort of set of contenders. I think for me, the way I look at the West, I think I see Lakers and Clippers, um, and then Warriors, and then kind of like. Rockets, Nuggets, Mavs, maybe as a, as a third tier, um, is kind of the way mm. I'm looking at the West. Yeah, but I, 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 I look the Nuggets. I mean, a great amount of things had to bounce their way to get to this point, and I, I don't think they have championship upside. Like we, we talk about, um, I think they have like conference finals, but um, I don't see them winning a ring. What, what do you think about the Heat? at 14 to one when we still don't know what they can do in the off season. Could they add somebody like a Bradley Beal? Yeah, they could. I mean, I, I always think it's an interesting way when you're looking at these futures before free agency and trades, you're like the, the heat are definitely a candidate to make a big move because they're like, everyone's talking about them. It's obviously South beach, great place, great free agent destination. Um, but I, I just don't see it with the heat getting back. I mean, I think the bubble was a little weird in some ways. I don't see the Heat like having a clear path to get back to that level. Um, and we're talking championship here, so like at fourteen to one, you're not going to have like easy hedge out options. Um, you're you're going to have to ride that until at least the conference finals. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I real and I, I really do believe in this Nets team, though. I, I think like at but you're believing in this Nets team before you ever see Kyrie and KD play together. But like, I I think those guys are really really good. I think Steve Nash is gonna do a good job with those personalities and get them playing together. I I I'm a, I'm obviously a, I'm a huge KD guy. So like let, let let that be known. I'm a huge believer in KD. I think he will come back healthy and still be a lethal scorer. Um, and look, they have good pieces around these guys. I mean, I understand that Karis Lever is not like an amazing catch and shoot guy, but people are like trying to trade this guy for like a fucking like like they have good players on this team. They have Dinwiddie, they have Lever, they have Jared Allen, they have Joe Harris. Like they have a lot of good pieces around KD and Kyrie. So I think while there is an urge to like maximize shooting around them, I think they have a really talented team as is and I just have a weird – I have a trust level in, in KD, Steve Nash, and Kyrie to sort of get the most out of that. I would agree with you, except I just feel like there's – I wouldn't bet it because I I think that Nash would be a good coach, and you know that's coming from years of rooting for him on the Suns, so I might be biased, but I do feel like he – just his level of play as a point guard – seems like he knows what to do in coaching and just hearing him on podcasts talk about it. I feel like he will be good. I wouldn't bet it because Kyrie has been a locker room cancer the last three years and KD is coming back from an injury. That's was, we haven't seen a lot of guys come back at, at a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Kai, I mean, of course history is not on my side with this comment, but I don't think Kyrie will be an issue with KD involved. Um, I, I I honestly like those guys together. I think they'll fit. They'll work well together. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an experiment. Do you want to? What do you think about running through some of these teams, and we can just say quickly if we like w- what our thoughts are on them, so we could touch each team. Uh, wait, say again. I was say, what do you think about like running through some of these teams, like Warriors, Bucks, Celtics, and just give like a thought? Or we could each say if we like it or not, so we could make sure we touch on every team at, uh, in this okay, tier. So yeah. what? So Warriors. I mean, I feel like they're going to be really good with bringing back Steph and Clay and you know Steve Kerr again. I I don't see any problem. I just don't like them at plus 900 when there's still so many variables. I mean, I, I do think that they're going to be really good. I feel like they should be a favorite. I just wouldn't bet them at plus 900. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think I think it's kind of a tough number. I, I do really like them as a team. I think Steph's, Steph getting a year of rest, basically, with a hand injury, I think is going to be like that. that's kind of a blessing in disguise for them. Hopefully, Clay can come back healthy. I mean, very similar to KD. It's like a tough injury, although I do trust the player. 
to because of their ability to shoot the ball to come back and be still a weapon. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm so annoyed by Draymond commentator that I want to root against him now. <laughs> yeah, Draymond, it's gonna be an interesting year for Draymond because he's kicking into a fucking big extension. He's, I think, he's just signed last year, uh, you know, four year, hundred million dollar extension in Golden State. He obviously has a lot to prove this year because. You know, he didn't play much this year, and you can, yeah, you can call this year a wash with the D'Lo experiment and everything, but he did not look good when he was out there. So he has, he has a lot to prove coming into this year. Okay. Um, okay, so we both like them as favorites, but we don't like them at, nine to, uh, at plus 900. Celtics at 12 to 1. Uh, I feel like they're going to be the same team, right? Are they going to, is much going to move? I mean, maybe we get another. You know, a year of they're all they're a young team, so we get another year of maturation for them. But other than that, I feel like I'm, we're going to see the same team. Yeah, I, I I'm I think they're they're a sneaky like I feel like they they can make a, ri- a high risk move to get. I mean, I think they have to be very. What do dis- they do with Gordon Hayward? What? Yeah, they could trade Gordon Hayward. What do they do? And they have Gordon? a lot of picks and they have a lot of young players, but I think. This season was kind of a sneaky, disappointing. Like they kind of, they should have beaten the Heat on paper, um, in my opinion. I mean, or or, or at least like they, they, I mean, they were slight favorites in that series. They were minus one thirty five favorites. I mean, nothing crazy, but um, yeah, I think they should be a little disappointed in the way they went out in that series. Definitely think like they could be a, they could be a team that that just does naturally get better. Obviously, like like you said, with another year of Tatum, another year of Brown, but but you know that that that's not guaranteed. I I don't think twelve to one is really a good number for this team. That while while they will be good again, I have a hard time like factoring them into my like top three or four teams in the NBA discussion with the Lakers and Clippers still out there. I agree, but I would rather bet them twelve to one than I would the Nets twelve to one. Just because, again, don't know what we're getting from the Nets. I mean, I'm I'm excited that that we're on different sides of that fence because they're obviously going to be a super polarizing team with with Kyrie and KD. That's fair. Okay, we've got we talked about the Heat at fourteen to one, Raptors sixteen to one. I mean, we saw Pascal Siakam take a huge step in the regular season and then absolutely sucked once he got to the bubble. A lot can happen between now and then, but you. You gotta like them at sixteen to one, I suppose. I mean, Lowry's another year older. I I guess I don't like them at sixteen to one. They don't seem like a championship team at all. But I do like them in the regular season to win a bunch of games. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna be good again. They're gonna be similar to this year. Um, I agree. Their their championship upside is low. Um, but you know, there's there's no reason I couldn't see them having a better record than the Heat and the Celtics next year, or even the Nets. Um, I, I can see them being getting the two seed again. So definitely. Like, like you said, I guess you like the number, but don't really think it's realistic that 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 gets all the way to the title. We talked about the Nuggets at twenty to one, Rockets twenty two to one. I guess they're just gonna. We don't know who their coach is gonna be. Yeah, right? we don't know who they're gonna coach, run it yeah. back. We don't even know if we don't even really know that much with about Harden. I mean, that's true because they went it all in with. They're this gonna run it way. back with Harden. Sorry, what are you saying? They're gonna run it back. I was going to say they're going to run it back with Harden and Russ, right? They don't have any options. Yeah, but are they going to be normal and play a center? Are they because D'Antoni was seemed like the, he was the one who embraced that fully small ball? Um, I, I, is Jeff Van Gundy going to come in and run? I, a, I feel like I feel like I feel like Daryl Daryl Morey didn't. Yeah, I mean Daryl Morey. Yeah, but like you now you you have to bring in a coach who shares that vision and can execute it. I guess is the is the kind of the tough thing about it. Obviously, I mean, I think I think it showed that it could work. Um, they sort of collapsed in that, and it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with this team because they're they're still, I think, quietly dealing with the fallout of that Daniel House situation from the bubble. Um, that the NBA like quashed all the reporting regarding that um, with mm-hmm. Daniel House getting caught with the bringing someone into the bubble, blamed it on other players, like. I, I still think that that could be a bigger story down the line just because of how risky it was to break protocol in the bubble. Like, he literally risked the entire thing. So I think you could see some major um, either action taken by the league or fallout from that. That could be that could be somewhat deleterious to the Rockets. Yeah, at 
at 22 to 1, that's a nice number. If you're a Rockets fan, go ahead and bet it. But I feel like there's way too much up in the air to take them seriously as a contender. But again, probably a great season, a regular season team, just because of Harden. Uh, 76ers at 25 to 1, they got... They got Doc as the coach now, but that's the team still seems like an absolute mess. And I can really honestly say you can look at most of Doc's seasons since he won that 2008 championship with the Celtics, and they're pretty underwhelming. You know, I feel like his teams underperformed more often than not. Yeah, I totally agree. I I, I don't think Doc is necessarily the fix. Um, although I I do think just the mere fact of having a new coach in there will be good for them. Um, like I, I, I don't agree that Simmons and Bede is like never going to work. I think they're, they're both great players that definitely could work. Um, so maybe doc will find that mix. Maybe he won't, but you know, at 33 to one, that's like not a bad look because, um, they do have sort of the talent to theoretically reach a ceiling. If everything with, with Harrison and Bede as well, if they, if they figure everything out, they could look really good. We've got kind of this next tier we'll do together. Trailblazers forty to one, Pelicans fifty to one, Jazz fifty to one. I kind of like that Jazz number fifty to one just because they'll get Bogdanovich back, and people forget that he was one of their best shooters throughout the re- he was their best shooter throughout the regular season, and they didn't have him at all in the bubble. Um, what do you think about? Yeah, that? I, I, out of those three, I like the Jazz. I think with Mitchell kind of solidifying himself as the best player on that team. Um, maybe, maybe, um, like that sort of shakes everything out for them. You have another year with Conley to build chemistry. Like, I think, yeah, they they could be good. Again, they were one shot. They were one three point Mike Conley shot away from totally changing their narrative and getting past the, so, so certainly I, I feel like this team could take another huge step. Uh, it didn't work out as well with Mike Conley as we thought initially, but they have another off season to figure it out. So I do think they can come back better. They got to, it definitely feels like they have some locker room problems with Rudy Gobert, but hopefully they can figure yeah, it out yeah, and yeah. play together. Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel like that should pretty much sum it up. I you could look, you could talk about the Suns at 60 to one. I, I think that they'll definitely take another step forward next season, but I don't even know if they'll make it into the playoffs as loaded as the West is. And then you got the Thunder at 75 to one. I feel like they're going to tank next season. Yeah. I mean, I know we all expected them to this year, but I think they're going to try to get rid of Chris Paul. Yeah. I think the Knicks may be a Chris Paul destination. Um, But yeah, I mean, just zooming out a little bit. I mean, the West is going to be an absolute bloodbath next year. I mean, every team in the West is trying to make the playoffs. As of right now, maybe the Spurs and Thunder tank. But other than that, you have like 13 or 14 teams who genuinely like really need to make the playoffs next year. It's going to be really crazy. Absolutely. Okay, so we're over an hour in. If you're still listening, you are a champion. Thank you. We're going to talk a little bit about our off-season podcasting schedule. I feel like we'll do weekly episodes. Not sure what day yet. I want to take off next week just to give Zach and I a break. Uh, We've been doing a lot of podcasting for a while. But we will come back. I asked for some suggestions on our NBA Slack of episodes you guys want to hear. Obviously, we'll touch on the NBA draft uh, in November with... uh, the draft being on November 17th. We have some great articles coming from Jeff Fox. Uh, He is going to be looking at all the numbers and uh, he'll be ranking the best drafting team. So that article will be coming out in November. We'll have him on the podcast. He also has an article coming this week, why the NBA bubble, why the NBA should stay in the bubble going forward. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but I know it's done. I got to check that out. We'll have Jeff on to talk about that as well. Uh, Munaf suggested that we do we rank the top duos in the league: Braun, AD, Kawhi, PG, Harden, Russ, KD, Kyrie, Lillard, KG, Giannis, Middleton. I also added to that Butler, Bam, Luca, Porzingis, uh, Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Maybe I don't know. Probably a stretch. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're still kind of up in the air. Did you have any ideas of what you wanted to talk about? No, I mean, I definitely definitely would be fun to talk about some like you said more like 
big picture stuff. Obviously, it's not directly related to betting, but you know, it's we're going into indefinitely long off season, so where there's only so many bets we can break down. Um, so yeah, definitely like top ten players in the NBA would be really fun. Top ten, you know, whatever teams, coaches, stuff like that could be fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll definitely get creative, and we clearly have no trouble, uh, you know, talking for over an hour about about the NBA. So it should be fun. Absolutely. Papa Thomas asked if we could do the NBA frauds contest again, which you where you pick the uh, losing teams. Uh, we'll look at doing that contest again. We'll have other contests, I'm sure, for next season. But again, we don't know how long we're going into an off season for. We don't know when the season is coming back. We don't know how they're coming back. Are they going to come back in the bubble? I've heard that a lot of owners are pushing to not come back until they're able to have fans. So it's going to be a a huge question mark going yeah forward. i mean look legitimately the entire nba schedule is up in the air right now and we could be going to a point now where like the season i guess will start in february and end in august like forever like they they want to or start on christmas and end like they want to permanently move the season back um so that could be interesting um yeah definitely going to be a lot of questions raised this off season and definitely make sure you're following Woj, Shams, those kind of people to stay up to date and anything that happens, obviously usually someone will be in the slack and throwing the info in there, but definitely will be a lot of reporting to come out about what's going on with I mean there might be a there might be a CBA dispute as well. We haven't even mentioned that. I mean there might be a lot of mm-hmm. issues related to finances um stemming out of COVID and lost games and player salaries and escrow and Will players accept that? So definitely a lot of issues to come up and be resolved before we get basketball again. Yeah. In addition to following Woj, Shams, and those kind of insiders, <laughs> make sure to follow Zach and I on Twitter. Uh, I'm at the Ryan McKee. Zach is at NBA Zach B. We'll be sure to update you guys on our podcasting schedule. Make sure you're in our Slack. Uh, sg.pn slash slack if you want to join or shoot me a message and i can shoot you that link if you get confused uh okay well that's enough from us see you guys soon basketball give me give me give me the ball because i'm gonna dunk it